0: Welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. Christmas is right here. And thank you so much, Women of Grace Ensemble. Let's get us in the the Christmas spirit. We are looking forward to the second day of Advent, the second Sunday focused upon peace. And if you would, join me in a time of prayer. Father, thank you for the time and the opportunity that you've given us to come, to worship you, to give you praise and glory. And Father, as we think about, consider... And listen to your spirit as we talk about peace today and the songs that we sing, the message from your word. Help us to understand the true meaning of peace. Not a superficial, feel-good message, but one that is deep in understanding in what Isaiah had to say and Luke had to say and the angels proclaimed. So this morning, I pray we'll be very attuned. And as we observe the Lord's Supper, Father, it was Christ's birth that brought fulfillment to your plan to move forward for Christ to take on the sins of humanity, to be crucified, buried, and Father, raised again. Ascended to sit at your right hand. And one of these days he's coming back. And Father, the second advent will be absolutely amazing. As we move forward from there, help us to remember what your Son has done. Make it personal and help us to prepare ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if this is the very first Sunday that you have uh, been here, we'd love for you to take the the guest card in the pew in front of you, fill it out in its entirety, and when you leave, if you just drop it in one of the offering boxes, we would certainly appreciate that very much. We're looking forward to this time of worship. Listen and respond as God leads you.
1: In preparation for the observance of the Lord's Supper we're going to sing that beautiful Isaac Watts hymn When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Would you stand as we sing?
0: opportunity if you would just to bow your heads and if you would just prepare yourself for taking the bread and the juice as Christ said remember every time that you do it so if you will take these moments of preparation Father, we are very thankful for the opportunity and the time that you've given us to concentrate, to clear our minds, to focus upon these elements. This Memorial Supper, your word says that every time that we do it, we should remember. And that's to remember the sacrifice. And it's also to remember the unconditional love behind that sacrifice and the grace that you give. Nothing we can work toward or work for to earn the salvation that you give, but freely given in Christ who gave it all. And we're thankful that we serve not a dead martyr, but a risen Savior. And as we take of the cup and the bread, help us to make our commitments, Father. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. In just a little while I'll be speaking from Isaiah chapter 9 talking about the first advent and the prophecy but a little farther in Isaiah in chapter 53 these two verses speak boldly yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin he will see his offspring and prolong his days And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. You have two phrases in here. Beyond the sacrifice, give great understanding. In verse 10 of Isaiah 53, that he will see his offspring and prolong his days, talking about the resurrection. And in verse 11, After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Again, a focus of the resurrection. And when we come to this memorial table, we remember his resurrection because he gives us life as well. Brother Al, would you lead us in a prayer, praying both for the bread and the juice that we will observe.
2: Our gracious Father, this is a time of remembrance that you command us that we should do it as often as we come together. We thank you for that. And this is huge, this is serious. Lord, that you died for us. You gave your life blood for us. Oh, that precious blood that flowed! It should never lose its power until the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. Thank you, Lord, for sacrificing that. Create your body for us. The great love that you had for us and yet have for us. Lord, how can we not take this serious? How can we not think of where you bought us from? That you came as a light into a dark world, but the world comprehended it not. Came into your own, but your own received you not. But all those that believe in you received the Lord. To them you came to become. Children of God, thank you, Father, for adopting us into your family. And as we partake of this service today, Lord, when we leave here, we are still to relish joyfully over what you have accomplished, what you have did for us, Father, that you gave us salvation, Lord, to spend all eternity with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, and we will forever be praising and giving you all the glory and honor which is rightfully yours. We didn't deserve it, but because of your great love for us. In Jesus' name.
0: Jesus said drink you all of it for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins but I tell you the truth I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Mm -hmm. The scripture says that when they had finished They had sung a hymn, and then they went out. If you would, stand with me, and let's sing this next hymn.
3: Second of our four Advent candles. While the first candle represents the hope we find in Christ, today's candle focuses upon the peace that He makes possible. The Hebrews had a beautiful word for peace it was the word shalom. That word conveys not only the idea of harmony and relationships, as we would tend to think of peace but it has a much fuller and a much richer meaning. The ideas of wholeness and completeness and well-being are all wrapped up in that word. It was the customary greeting among Jewish people of the day. So when the prophet indicated that the one who was to come would be called the Prince of Peace, that was a part of what he was conveying. And if you'll notice, The Apostle Paul begins each of his letters by teeming the word peace with grace. Grace and peace to you, he says repeatedly. Through Christ, all these elements of peace can be ours. We can have peace with God through a personal relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. We can have peace in the midst of life's circumstances no matter how difficult or challenging those times may be. And we have the assurance that nothing, not even the prospect of death itself, will separate us from him who is the source of that peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives, Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So you see, it's no wonder that the prophet Isaiah could refer to the one who would come as the Prince of Peace. Hear him as he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. John and Carolyn Morris come today to light the candle that symbolizes peace. May this peace, God's shalom, permeate every circumstance and aspect of your life.
1: to draw your attention to the inserts in your bulletin today there's an offering envelope plus a week of prayer guide the week of prayer for international missions begins today and goes through next sunday i encourage you to take that prayer guide and use it throughout the week praying for the missionaries who are highlighted in that guide but also praying that god would speak to you as to the amount he would have you give on the back of your bulletin, you will see that our goal for this year for our church, $22,222.22. 22 so join me as we watch the video.
3: We are Jason and Robin Evire, your IMB missionaries to a part of Thailand called Isan where we serve as a part of a growing church planning team, along with several other missionaries.
1: We are currently in language study and building friendships with the purpose of sharing the good news of Jesus with the people of East
3: Because of your giving, we had the opportunity this December to share the meaning of Christmas. We did that in Christmas celebrations in different villages and communities all around us. During those celebrations, the love of Christ was shared, the gospel was shared, and relationships were strengthened. Please pray with us for the seven new believers who accepted Christ during these Christmas celebrations.
1: Thank you for giving to the Cooperative Program and the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. It is truly making a difference in people's lives, both here and in eternity. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born.
4: Please follow along in your Bible or on the screen. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee, the nations, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the deep. Darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian, defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the cross, the, the bar that crosses their shoulder, the rod of their obsessor, oppressor. Every warrior boot used in the battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined, to, destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For... For to us a child is born, to us a savior is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it, with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will be accomplished. We are blessed today by the reading of these verses and pray that peace will be given. These are the words of the Lord. Amen.
0: Beautiful song, isn't it? Isaiah chapter 9. The prophecy some 800 years before the Messiah had come. And Isaiah was looking for that someone. In the seventh chapter, find that he was looking for a baby who would be more powerful than all of men's battles. Here in the ninth chapter, we find that he is a prince with four names. He's going to be wonderful that his person and his performance brings about amazement in the lives of so many. He will be counselor in his office as the ultimate administrator of God's truth and the fountain of all wisdom. He will be the father of eternity, the one who made it and the one who gives eternal life. His principality will be one of peace, And when you summarize it all, he is the mighty God. That's what Isaiah was communicating. That this one who would be coming. This one that God was revealing. Now, frankly, Isaiah didn't know all that that meant. No more than an astronomer knows that there must be another planet out there. He just hasn't set his telescope in the right direction yet but he knows it's out there that's exactly what isaiah knew about the coming of christ god had communicated that very clearly the old testament writers spoke of his coming that that coming of the messiah the deliverer with hope and anticipation starting with genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 when he said i will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring or seed and hers And he, the woman's seed, will crush your head. The very first reference to the coming of the Messiah. So the question always is what blessings mark his coming? We talk about the first advent, the coming of Christ. The question is what does he bring to us? What is his message? what will he do for us? in this Christmas season this is exactly what we concentrate on and should at every season of the year the scripture here tells us that he's going to bring hope to the hopeless Isaiah said that his coming would be in the midst of darkness remoteness rejectedness but in doing so he will turn them into light to access to acceptance so the darkness to light the remoteness to access the rejectedness to acceptance that's what this Messiah will do for Isaiah the northern tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali represented all that was obscure all that was exposed degraded marginal, remote. In other words, it was about as far off as you could even think about. And I imagine that there are some places here in Arizona that I haven't been to that are just like that. I read an article recently about the last place on Earth without human noise. For the past 30 years, Gordon Hempton has made it his mission to discover the last places on Earth there where there would be no human noise in fact his desire was no noise at all the quiet places he called them and unfortunately there was just a few that you could have 15 minutes or a bit longer without some kind of noise coming in that is accessible he said in his writing that there is absolutely no place on earth that is completely free from human sound all of the time that is accessible
5: mm-hmm.
0: yet for those seeking absolute relief from the human noise for an indefinite period the surest bet would be a, uh, a room it's called an anachronic uh, chamber that chamber is soundproof In fact, it's designed in such a way that it actually allows the sound waves not to penetrate. And so, with this conclusion in mind, Professor Foy said, that's the chamber that I want to go and see where there is no human sound. He went and checked it out, and it was a negative 4, a 9.4 decibels, which is below what the human ear can hear and detect. He said it's supposed to be the quietest place on earth. And he relished the time that he would be able to get into that chamber, finally, away from human noise. He got in that chamber, and within minutes, all of a sudden, he noticed that the silence was broken. His own body, his breathing, his heartbeat, even the scratchy sound of his scalp made rubbing from the times that he would put a frown on his face, all of that became so loud to him and it betrayed his quest for silence. And here was his conclusion. He realized that the only time that you'll hear absolute silence is when you're in no position to hear it because you're dead. <laughs> I think that maybe that's exactly what the prophet is talking about when he refers to Zebulun and Nephthi, uh, Netephi uh, it, it is the most remote places in Isaiah's day it's far from the capital and the, the temple the district was cursed because in that region it was intermingled between Jews and Gentiles and it was in Isaiah's generation the last place on earth that anyone would expect to have something significant that would change the course of human history. In fact, Jesus was reared in Nazareth, which is in the tribe of Zebulun. Isn't that just like God? To do the unexpected? To work in the lives of those that uh, we see as the least possible. To work in ways when we think things are impossible. But that's exactly what God does. Here the Prince of Peace brought hope to the most hopeless in anticipation and in fulfillment of what God had communicated throughout the Old Testament. What could be more hopeless than an unmarried teenage mother great with child who's turned away at the only accommodation? What more hopeless group of people than the shepherds who had a very bad reputation. What more hopeless future than an infant who's being chased by a tyrant king. That world was dark and hopeless. And then the light came, Isaiah said. You see, the the whole of the Christmas message in anticipation and in fact speaks to the absolute ability to bring hope out of hopelessness. And that's what God does. He has brought hope out of hopelessness. In fact, you believe the very fact of Christmas if you consider your own situation to be hopeless. Because you hope in the one who has come. Not only does he bring hope to the hopeless, but he also brings peace to the peaceless. The announcement of his birth is accompanied by a promise of universal peace in both Isaiah and the book of Luke. The prophet stated, in verse five, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. Luke chapter one, verse seventy-nine, the last part, it is the song of uh, of, uh, uh, of Elizabeth's husband, and it says that he is coming to guide our feet in the path of peace. In Luke chapter two and verse fourteen. When the angels came to sing, they said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Here, the scripture is very clear in talking about that the prince of peace is going to bring hope and he's going to bring peace. There are three things that happen. We find that his coming will end the need for war because now there's a way for peace. We also find that his coming will end the noise of war for the angels seeing something that is better by far if in unenlightened men will hear. And third, his coming will end the knowledge of war because the implements of war will be burnt. When Jesus came in his first advent, this is the idea, the understanding of what peace he will bring. What does that mean? Hard beside the cradle Christ, Isaiah would see this this inferno of fire, the burning of the instruments of war. When he saw the Christ child coming, he also saw what God was going to do with these instruments of evil. You see, the the coming of Christ means the rejection of the instruments of war. While we parade them and while we put them in, in museums to look at Isaiah says in verse 5 that these are destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. This belief is also conveyed in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4. He says that they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they train for war anymore. In fact this is communicated this analogy Two more times in Scripture, in Joel 3.10 and in Micah 4.3. You see, swords into plowshares is a concept where military weapons, weapons of war, are converted into peaceful civilian applications. It symbolizes peace that benefits humanity. That's the kind of peace that he says Jesus is going to bring. Now Jesus said in Matthew 26.6, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. It's a very interesting statement. You're going to have the rumors of wars, and you're going to have wars, and we've seen that consistently. But then he says, the end's not here yet. It's still to come. What is he saying? Because if, if the Son of God, if the Messiah has come to give peace, and he is the prince of peace, what kind of peace are we talking about? Well, Jesus spoke of the peace that he gives. In John 14:27 that Dr. Horneker read a few moments ago, he said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. He says, peace I leave with you. It's a bit of a different concept. He says, my peace I give you. It's his peace that he gives. And he gives it to each one of us. He says, I don't give it as the world gives. Because in our concept we think that that in this world there's going to be this period of peace. And yet we consistently... See the darkness and the evil that is always upon us. Jesus said, you're going to hear that. You're going to see that. You're going to see what goes on. But listen, that's not the peace that I give. I give you a different peace. You see, the peace of Christ is so different. Remember the elements of peace that Dr. Horniker spoke of just a few moments ago. He said "Is harmony in relationships, wholeness, completeness, and well-being. You look at those terms. And all of a sudden you begin to understand what true peace is. What Jesus gives. There's this harmony in relationships, one with another. There's this wholeness that takes place because we were failed. There's this completeness that happens to us because what we were missing, Christ has made right and is fulfilled. And our well-being, our well-being, he says here, And in the hereafter. So, no matter what trials or losses or disappointments or circumstances we face, our source for peace is the Lord Jesus Christ and not the world. It's the Prince of Peace. Paul said in Colossians, (coughs) in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. It's very clear. He says, let the peace of Christ. He's just described that. He said, I've given that to you if you're a follower of mine. My peace I give to you. He says, let the peace of Christ rule, be in charge of, guide you, reign in your life. And he said, you're members of one body. You were called to peace. He's talking about us. He says again in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says it's the peace of God. And we can't understand it because of our finite minds. But he says it will transcend everything. But it's going to guard your hearts and your minds. We must live in the midst of his peace that he has given us. No matter what's going on around us. And then finally, he writes to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. He says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. You see a little bit of a change. In Colossians he said, Let the peace of Christ. In Philippians it was, and the peace of God. But in the church at Thessalonica, he says, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every every way it's kind of tough in life because the reality is that it's hard in this season of our life in our younger seasons it's a dark world we live in in many ways and yet he comes back and says listen I'm giving you peace You don't have to worry about these things. You don't have to be anxious for these things. I've got you in my hand. He he is the one who gives hope to the hopeless. And he gives peace to those who don't have peace. Even as a believer in Jesus Christ, I will tell you this. There are difficult days and difficult times. But don't let it rule you come back to what Paul says and says listen let the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way those are the difficult decisions those are the minor decisions those are the challenging decisions that we have to make and yet that's why Christ came he came to give us hope, He came to give us peace, He came to give us salvation and it's an inner peace and it is a salvation that we can't earn and that inner peace is one that no matter what happens, it keeps us moving forward, we move away from our detractors we move away from those that have things against us. We move away from the, the uh, schemes of the world. And we let him, the Prince of Peace, guide us in every way and all the time. Father, <coughs> as we go into our invitation... I pray that in this season of life when it seems like skeptics could look and say that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of that the world is going to experience peace but we don't don't rely upon the skeptics and father the peace that you give not even rely upon us because you yourself are the one that gives it and Isaiah said the zest of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this and God we humble ourselves and say yes that we can't do it in our own strength and we just allow the scoffers and the cynics to go by the wayside but we know that your zeal, your passion your desire for a relationship with your people that you created Father that's the depth of your heart and so you've sent your son to give us hope and to give us peace and God I pray that we will embrace it today and so in this invitation whatever Whatever decision we need to make, I pray we'll choose to make that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Let's sing our invitation hymn. Whatever God lays upon your heart, a decision, you come if you would.
5: If you are tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come.
0: seated if you would, and I really want to encourage you to be praying intently about the even Christmas offering. Next Sunday on December 11th, uh, we have uh, Vera Howard with us, one of our international missionaries from Asia, uh, who's home on assignment, and uh, we're looking forward to having her speak on our Sunday morning service, focused on exactly what's going on in her part of the world, and uh, how um, our prayers and our offerings continue to help keep her and uh, almost 3,700 international missionaries uh, in different countries, close to 200 countries of the world. So I hope that you'll make sure and be here and hear what Joy has to say. What a special lady she is and uh, what a message she has to communicate. Yes.
1: The beautiful altar flowers were provided by Dick and Gloria Schrader. No, they are not back there in the back view where they typically sit today. They instead went to witness the baptism of their 18-year-old granddaughter. But they wanted us to enjoy the flowers and they will be coming tomorrow to pick them up and they will be celebrating 54 years of marriage on the 13th of this month. So when you see them next Sunday, thank them for the beautiful flowers and congratulate them. There are three sign-ups in both lobbies. One for the men's breakfast, which will be on Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Dr. David Johnson from our state convention will be the guest speaker. And men, today is the last day to sign up. So we encourage you to do that if you haven't already. There's one for Wednesday night, Partners of Mission at four o'clock. Potluck, we need you to sign up that you are coming and what kind of dish you are planning to bring. Derek Drummond, who is lead pastor at Redeeming Life Church in Litchfield Park, will be our speaker. And that is one of our new church plant partnerships that we will be helping to sponsor in the new budget year, 2023. Then on Thursday at two o'clock, the Single Lonely Sisters will be meeting. So there's a sign up out there for you as well, ladies. Our Lighting Moon Christmas offering goal, you'll see on the back there, as I've already mentioned. And I encourage you to take those envelopes. There will be envelopes in the purex in front of you all through December. So if you didn't happen to get one in your bulletin, there'll be one there for you next week in the pew rack. Let's stand as we have Gail Coffey, who is our Deacon of the Week, come and lead us in our closing prayer.
6: Please pray with me. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we are so, our hearts are so filled with gratitude to you, for this beautiful Sabbath day, and for all that you are and all you do for us, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your sacrifice, for your sweet spirit that you left to us, for your spirit of peace that you that dwells within us. How could we ask for more? Just I'm so grateful. Father, we've missed those that couldn't be with us today, so many out ill and with other issues. I just pray that you will touch them with your healing hand and bring them back to us soon. Lord, I just ask that you go with us now as we leave this place. May your spirit, your sweet spirit, and your spirit of peace follow us through the week. May we share it with others. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen.
3: God. Yeah.